0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Two for the Money, our finance podcast. I'm Josiah Leroy with Tim Talbot, as always. Uh, Last week, we talked about home equities and all that good stuff on kind of the more banking side of things. Uh, But today, we're we're flipping the script here. We're going to go back to uh, the more retirement side of things. So this is the retirement account episode. Tim's going to talk about just some of the the different types of retirement accounts out there, like an IRA, uh, 401k, so on and so forth. So yeah, Uh, Tim, I'm going to pass it on over to you. I'm going to kind of ask questions throughout if we have them and uh, let you run ship here.
1: Yeah, no, sounds good to me. This is uh, my bread and butter, obviously, because it's what I do for a living. So very excited to talk about this stuff because it kind of applies to everyone. I think whether you're working or not working, you got to retire at some point. So a big question a lot of people have when they go to start a new employer or even when they're retiring is what kind of accounts are out there? How do they work? What are the benefits of having them? And what about the accounts that aren't the retirement accounts? What are those ones? Because I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is a lot of people think you have to keep all your savings in the bank. And you can have re- investment accounts that aren't retirement accounts. So we'll talk a little bit about all of those and what those look like to the average person. I'll use some analogies, which I love, and some of them may, may be awesome, some may be <laughs> corny. So, but I think that's the beauty of beauty of this, is trying to put it in a way that everyone can kind of understand And I think with anything that we're talking about today, the investment side and planning side and stuff like that, it can kind of be like, I always give the explanation, drinking water out of a fire hydrant.
0: Mm -hmm. It's a
1: lot at once. You may not retain everything. And I think that's why what we're doing is so important because we're breaking stuff down in in smaller segments for you to digest, maybe re-listen to as many times as you want and try to absorb as much of that as possible and try to dissect out of that what's important to you, what's not important to you and help you educate yourself on the decisions that are out there. That way, when you're starting your new job or you're leaving your employer and you wonder what options you have, you kind of have some tools in your belt that will help you make those decisions in the best way possible. That being said, I'm going to kind of lead into retirement accounts. In my business, you call them qualified accounts, which just mean they have, you know, they're retirement accounts that give you some type of tax benefit. So typically, if you're working in an employer, you have a 401k, a deferred comp, a 403b. A lot of those accounts like that, they're just retirement accounts. They're just a different titling depending on the employer, the employer, a SEP. They're all just different titling on it. I'm not going to go into too depth of a lot of that stuff, but depending on where you work, it's just their their title of the accounts that they're able to offer you based on the tax coding and the processes they have to go to get those set up. But you as an investor, you get access to those things. And when you first set it up, there's a lot of different options inside of there. Inside of your accounts, you'll have a list of different investment options in there. You'll have all the different types of accounts that are in there. And the biggest thing with a lot of that stuff, I'll try to explain it, is think of it more as a shell. So when they give you an option of a a tax deferred, a Roth portion, you have non-qualified tax deferred in there. When they give you those options, think of it as a shell of the account you have this tax benefit shell on the outside and inside of that's all your investments whether it's a mutual fund it's a stock if they offer a company stock it's a cash account inside of that or a fixed interest rate account that's the inside inner workings of the account and the outsides of the wrapper so when the government takes a look at the account for tax consequences or benefits they're looking at the wrapper more than they're looking at the investments. then someone like myself or another advisor or Let's say you talk to someone over the phone at your company that may offer you advice. They're going to look at the investment side of things. Now, it's important when you have these retirement accounts at the employers, technically, they can't give you any advice. So if you want to know how to invest your, your investments, you call them up and say, hey, you know, T. Rowe Price or Fidelity or Vanguard, what should I be in? All they can do is tell you a target date fund based on your retirement date. They can't give you any specific advice because that's the way the plan works. Inside of there you're going to have an option of a tax deferred account, you're going to have the option of a Roth account, then you're going to have an option of, you know, a tax deferred Roth or non uh, it's essentially non-qualified Roth, which just means there's no tax benefit to it. There's some extra loopholes you can use such as like a back to a Roth or some advanced planning stuff, but for all intents and purposes I'm not going to confuse you. We're not going to talk about that stuff. We're going to focus on tax deferred and pre-tax, which would be the Roth or after tax, which would be the Roth. So I always like to use an analogy. I talked a little bit about this with Joe. We were talking about what we were going to discuss on the podcast. And I said, oh, I have this great analogy about uh, being a farmer and having seeds. So (laughs) That's that's him being from the country now. I was originally from the country. We switched roles here. So but a big analogy I like to give about about crops. So let's say you're a farmer and you go out that day. You plant all your seeds like, oh, you know, I did a good job for the day. You, you paid the money on the seeds, you've planted everything. you go back in the house, you hear a knock at your door, like, well, who the heck is at my door right now? So you open the door, it's the IRS. They can't wait to tax you because it's their favorite thing to do.
0: It's not usually a door you
1: want to open. <laughs> no, no, it is not. But that's their favorite thing. So they're, they're going to make sure the moment they know that you planted that seed, they're going to come and ask you how they're gonna, how you're going to pay them for doing that. Mm-hmm. They're going to give you two options. They can either tax you on the seed now, but whatever that crop grows to and you sell it again in the future, they don't care, they already got their tax money. But they'll give the option of saying, hey, I'm not going to charge you anything right now. You can grow that crop. Then in the future, when that crop is grown to the level that you want it to, that you think you want to sell it, I'm going to tax you then. That is the easiest way I can explain a Roth and a, um, a Roth or a, a after tax and a pre-tax, which is a traditional IRA, that's the way you look at it. So a, a Roth is or after tax, try to so explain it because it's a retirement account, not just a normal investment account. An after-tax account, exactly what it means. It's money you contributed after-tax. So in that scenario, it's the seed. You already pay tax on it. doesn't matter what it's worth in the future. You've already did, did your job of, of paying the tax on it. So okay. let's say you put 10000 in and it's worth 50000 as an investment. And you cash out that 50000 you get 50000 in your pocket. Just because you've already paid the 10000 tax on it. It,
0: it, it sounds great. I'm awesome. Theory,
1: right? And I'll talk about the pros and cons of both because that's what's important too. Tax-deferred is you don't pay any tax now, but when you sell it, you pay tax later. So you put $10,000 in, it grows to $50,000, you sell it, you pay tax at that point in time when you sell it. So we're kind of, you talk a little bit about the benefits of both, is the tax-deferred account, you're essentially putting more money in because it's before your check. So let's say you want to put in $100, technically you're only losing $70 out of your paycheck because it's before taxes are taken out. So you may see less out of your check. Let's say that you decide to do the after-tax portion, that ends up being less than you normally would because they've taken the tax money out already. So a lot of people argue, well, why would I ever do the tax-deferred portion?
0: Right. And in theory, knowing what I know, which is, let's say just from a client standpoint, it just sounds like I would just take the chance. I would want to pay the taxes now if I'm able yep. and hope and assume that my account grows over time, right? right? And then if it does, I've, I've, it's, I'm i already done, you right. know?
1: Yep. Yeah. And where you kind of talk about that a little bit is we live in a progressive tax bracket. So a lot of times you can reduce your income, pay less in taxes. Let's say you're retired in, at 65, for example, and you're collecting Social Security a little income. A lot of times with these tax-deferred accounts, you can play within the rules and pay less taxes. So some people will say, well, my tax bracket's higher now than it will be when I'm retired. So why would I pay more tax now when I can pay less tax later? Gotcha. Then the reverse, you have people saying, well, I don't care. I just want to not pay tax at all. And any growth I get, I don't have to worry about it. Where this is very important to talk about is it's beneficial to have both. Okay. So obviously, while you're working, you have access to the retirement accounts. Let's say you retire, you switch employers. You obviously have the option to roll the money into the new plan and just have it sitting at the new employer. But you also have the option to do something independently, which would be a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. Just like we talked about before, traditional IRA is a tax-deferred account, and a Roth IRA is an after-tax account. Okay? So you have the option to roll those into that, and then you have all the control over it. You can pick an advisor. You can do it yourself. A lot more flexibility in something like that than you would maybe at a retirement account at an employer. Last thing we have is non-qualified accounts. What a non-qualified account is, it's a just what it sounds. It's not a retirement account. It's an investment that you do on your own. If they distribute tax to you, you pay the tax right away. You sell, it. let's say you buy a stock or a mutual fund. You sell it before the year's over and you made 10,000. You pay tax on that 10,000 you made the next year. Okay? But there's a cost basis. So let's say you put 10,000 in, it grows 10,000. You sell it, you don't pay tax on 20,000, you only pay it on the money you made. Okay? A lot of things you can do with that. To pay less in taxes, whether you do it stocks, there's long-term capital gains, short-term capital gains. There's a lot of extra in-depth stuff like with, with that goes along with that. I'm not going to overcomplicate it again. I think is important. But a big thing I like to talk about with stuff like this is the fact that it gives you, when you plan your retirement out and plan your investments out, it's important to have different buckets of money available to you. We just talked the last episode about home equities. I'm gonna talk a little bit about liquidity. Mm -hmm. So the benefit of having a retirement account is that you can use it for retirement, you get all these great benefits. The benefit of having a non-qualified account that's not a retirement account, the restrictions are off. You're not required to wait till a certain age to take it. You can access it when you need to. So let's say you have a lot of extra money every month and you're like, well, I don't wanna spend it, but I don't wanna, I can't put it in my 401k, I'm just saving more money than I thought I'd be able to. You can put money in an investment account without having it be a retirement account, then get it for a home purchase or to do something that you want to do with it. So There is a lot of different flexibility you can use. And when you retire, you can use those things to your advantage. So we talked about the tax brackets. We talked about a lot of the stuff that's available to you. Let's say you're retired and you're taking in a certain amount of income. You need fifty grand for an addition. You don't have home equity. So you need that fifty grand. You want to take it from your retirement accounts. A lot of times, if you have an advisor you work with, you do it yourself, whatever the case is, and you take a look at what you're, you're going to take out. Let's say you have a traditional IRA. You need 50 grand. You maybe need to take $70,000 out of that IRA account, traditional IRA, to get what you need because you got to pay tax on it. And oh yeah, by the way, if you're taking in $80,000 in your income already, that $70,000 adds on to the top of the $80,000. Then you pay even more tax on it. So what I talk a lot about when we talk about these things is utilizing these assets to your advantage. Maybe you take out 30000 because then it'll get you to the to the point where you'll pop into the next tax bracket Then you take a little bit from the Roth. That way you're kind of taking advantage of your situation, taking it from the non-qualified because you have the liquid money there. It's all about managing your assets, having a plan for a lot of what you do, and making sure that you make the correct decisions for you. And I think the biggest thing is starting contributing younger. We talked a little bit about a match, I think, on the first episode, mm-hmm. taking advantage of whatever your employer is offering you. It's the easiest way to save. You put the money in. They're going to give you a little bit on their end if you contribute an X amount of dollars or X percentage. Take advantage of that. It's free money.
0: I was always told that, especially being younger in banking. Anytime we had advisors, you know, on staff, they would say you can't leave money on the table. Free money like that, mm-hmm. where your employer is matching, whether it's a full percentage or even a half, you know, depending on, on what that is. So, like, I I can't emphasize that enough from my yeah. point of view. You know, I can only imagine what you see from your seat. But that was one bit of advice early on. I would always always go as high as you're able to, yep. especially when it comes to free money from your company.
1: Yeah, and I think the biggest thing with anything like this is let's say you decide an amount to contribute to your 401k, whether it's um, tax deferred, after tax, whatever you decide. You can split it. You don't have to decide on one. You can change it. Nothing's set in stone. Let's say you decide to do a percentage that you, you feel comfortable with because, again, you don't want to make yourself poor because you're trying to max out your retirement contributions, there's a balance there, Sure. you can change it. You can see how you feel if you bump it up a percent every year, every few years and see, hey, did I really notice that little bit that's coming out of the paycheck?
0: You're not locked in. Right. right. Or like, I think, you know, another good cliche is that like any time if you're able to, when you get a raise, try to try to increase that percentage, right? Yep. Because then it's almost like you didn't notice it. You, you didn't have that money before. Now it's going to good use because it's, it's potential. Growing in what are these accounts,
1: right? right? Yep. So I think it's important to know your options, know what those options are and whether or not it makes sense for you. I could give the argument either way of what's better, a tax deferred or an after-tax account. People ask me all the time and I don't ever have a good answer because nothing's, you know, nothing's cookie cutter. The shoe we talked about this last episode, the shoe doesn't fit everyone. So you got to find out what's best for you. You may have a pension if you're a teacher or a government employee, you may have... Uh, you and your spouse may both have social, a good Social Security check coming in when you retire. There's a lot of options out there, and I think the important thing is understanding what those options are. Just putting yourself in the best position moving forward. You can right now at the second and realize that any good plan can change and adapt. Something comes up and you got to take out less or you want to contribute more because you got that raise or that promotion you were looking for. You switched companies. Just you know, try to make a good decision for you and get help if you need it. Or you know, just do some research on your own and make sure that you you know are there. So, but uh, that's pretty much all I had on that stuff. So
0: yeah. So I think my question is like you kind of answered it, but like just to reiterate, uh, people come to you and you're not always saying we're going to go with a Roth. You know, it makes right. sense. You're you're gonna as an advisor, you, you got to ask questions and really come up with that tailored solution to say right. here's here's what you've told me about your lifestyle or your pay or your retirement or lack thereof. Here's what I think maybe makes sense now as, as an advisor. Um, it could be a traditional, it could be a Roth. You, know, you mentioned non-qualified as well. But basically, it, it really is dependent on yep. what the person's situation is, right? And There's yep. a ton of variables in
1: there. 100%. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing sometimes is you hear something on the radio of, oh, everyone should have this, should have a million dollars to retire. Yeah. Everyone's different. I've met people with very large pensions that don't even need any money saved because their pensions are so good. And that's a whole other topic we'll talk about, too, if you have a pension and what those options are. But that pension's an asset. You've contributed money to it. So I think it's very tough because everyone's a little bit different in what they need and just deciding what, what need do you want to accomplish and what is this asset doing for you and making the best decision for you. Because we live in a world where a lot of people always think about their, themselves first. So you go meet with an advisor or with the bank or whatever. Just make sure that that person you're talking to, you trust. Because at the end of the day, no matter where you go, we live in a business world. So just making sure that you're you're getting the correct help and they're putting your interests best, your interests first, and what's best for you. So,
0: I think too, like you and I have always talked about um, our philosophies and our respective companies. It's always been if it doesn't make sense for a client, like we're just not going to do it, right. right? Like I think you got to make sure your your advisor, your bank, or whatever they have that mindset yes. because you want them to be knowledgeable about different options, like. Tim is, for example, but you also want to make sure you're not getting sold, so to speak. Like right. I think about different organizations that I've worked with over time, and sometimes it's funny to think about. Yeah. But it'd be like, hey, we got to sell three credit cards by the end of the week. Doesn't matter if they don't need it. What a terrible philosophy, right? Like I always think about how that doesn't empower people. It doesn't really t- help people out. Uh, in our positions, we just want to help people. So, like that's it. At the end of the day, we want to provide information options and then you make the choice right yeah. so i think that's super important whether you're talking about more of the banking side or more of the retirement side have a plan for both and just ed- educate yourself the best you can
1: yeah and i think i always think because obviously you have kids that uh piled toy that has all the shapes and the certain shapes fit in certain spots yeah that's what i think about with a lot of this stuff if it's a square hole you don't want to be jamming a triangle in the square hole thinking well i can make it fit that's not how it should work Whatever you're putting in that hole should fit the hole. Yep. So whatever the need is, there should be something to fit that need. The product or item shouldn't be dictating what the need is. It should be reversed. It should be your plan first, and then we dictate. Hey, based on what you need, this is what fits that, or these are your options, and then you make a decision from there. So
0: very important. Uh, you know, do your homework, have a plan, and, and see what happens. Yep. Uh, that's all the questions I had. Was that? Everything yeah, that's you everything I
1: got. I'm sure. This may spark up other questions, so go talk to whoever you talk to or, yep. um, you know, kind of go from there. So,
0: Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you joining us for this episode of Two for the Money. Uh, you can find us in video form on YouTube or on podcast services such as Spotify, Apple, or any podcast service really around the globe. Uh, so uh, last week we talked about home equities. Uh, today it was retirement. Next episode, our plan is to talk about the need for building credit, why that is important to do so. And how many things it actually may affect in your financial world. So, for Tim, I'm Josiah. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next week. Yeah.
1: Registered representatives offer securities through Securities America Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Investment advisor representatives offer financial advice through Securities America Advisors Incorporated. Custom Retirement Solutions, LLC, Securities America are separate companies. Josiah Leroy is not affiliated with Securities America Advisors Incorporated, Customer Retirement Solutions LLC, and Securities America Advisors, and is unable to offer investment or advisory advice.